This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. about Christ the healer. Boy, I tell you, if we we ever need a revelation of Christ the healer, we need it. We need it in our lives, in our homes. We need it in our church, our cities. We need it in our nation. We need the healer. The the one we see in the pages of Matthew and, and Mark and Luke and John, that's the Jesus we need to see walking in our cities, in our homes, and among us. Amen? Coming in, driving out the darkness, and driving out the pain, and driving out the hurt, and driving out the sickness, and driving out the anger. Amen? Well, thank you. Appreciate that. So today we're going to talk about, from the Scriptures, the origin of sickness and disease. Now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm a preacher. (laughs) So I'm going to be talking to you from God's Word about the origin of sickness and disease. That's going to be our, our, our foundation. That's where it's going to come from because I believe that God is the creator of heaven and earth. Amen? And I believe this Bible, this Word of God, where it says that God created the heavens and the earth. Amen? I, yep, yep, yep. I'm still old-fashioned. Amen. (laughs) And, you know, so we want to look at today who or what is behind the suffering of humanity. Now, I'll tell you, if you've ever, especially if you've ever traveled to some third-world nations where they don't have the benefit uh, of the medical science that we have here, the medical aid and the help and all the medicines and the doctors. You go to some nations. I mean, you go, you go to Africa. I know Brother Bruce has been to Africa. You go to some nations in Africa, but you don't have to go that far. You just, you just go down to, listen, just go down to Haiti. You can ride down there in a plane in an hour. And I'm telling you, you see the suffering, the hurting, the broken. They have no, they have no way to get medical aid or to purchase the services of a doctor. You know, they, they're there and they're suffering. And it's that way. You go to so many nations of the world. Where did that come from? Was that God's divine design? You know, it's amazing. Some people, even Christians, believe it is. They just need, All I can say is you just need to get to know Papa. Your papa, my papa, something, something's not exactly the same. I'm not saying you're not saved, but man, if I had a daddy that was putting sickness and disease and crippling my kids, I think I'd be looking for another papa. <laughs> so let's look at it. Turn to Genesis chapter 1. You know, if you don't understand the first three chapters of Genesis, you're going to have a hard time understanding the rest of God's plan and purpose. Because Genesis, of course, we know that book, the word Genesis means beginning. And here we see the beginnings of God's plan and purpose for His creation and for His man. And here, let me just say this. 
You know, I believe in being a good steward. I do. I think, that, that, I think that's our responsibility as believers. Amen? That whatever God has blessed me with, I'm to be a good steward of that. Isn't that right? But let me just say this. You know, you know uh, man wasn't made for the, uh, for the planet. The planet was made for man. God made the planet for man. Amen? And we're to be good stewards of it. We're not, I'm not saying we should just do whatever we want, but we're to be good stewards. But let me just say this, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the planet was made for man, to serve man, not the other way around. Okay. <laughs> and throughout creation, we won't read it all here, but throughout, you know, if you know the Scriptures, there in Genesis 1, God, every day of His creative design, when God would speak and He would create, whether He separated the, the, the water from the land and He created the trees with the seed bearing in it and the fish in the sea, and after every uh, creative uh, 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 work of God's power, He said this, He said, It is good. God's creation started out good. Amen. It started out perfect. It started out as God intended it. And you can read throughout Genesis chapter 1 and you will see no hint, no, uh, even not an inference of sickness and disease anywhere in God's original creation. And then it says He made man. And woman, he put them in the garden of delight. There was no sickness. There was no disease. Look in verse 31. We're kind of, this kind of sums it up. Genesis 1, 31. It says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. It was very good. Now, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, you know, if you've never been sick, we're happy for you. Hallelujah. God bless you. You know, God wants you to continue to be in divine health. Amen? And that, that's our goal. That's, you know, that's what I'm striving. That, that's, that's where God wants us to, our faith to get to that point. But you know what? He saw it. He said it was very good. But you know, if you're sick, if you've ever been sick and had pain in your body, I mean, if somebody come up to you and said, boy, you're doing, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing very good. Now, you, your faith might say that, but I'm telling you, your body won't feel that. <laughs> no, listen, God said it's very good. He looked at everything He had made. It was very good. There was no sickness. There was no disease. There was no pain there. God never intended that. Now, how did that happen? A thief came in the garden. A thief came in the garden. We know that. You know, in, in Genesis 2, God said, now, He said, you can, you can enjoy all of my creation. You enjoy all of the Garden of Eden except for one tree. What was that? That was God's probationary test. He said, now, He said, you can enjoy everything else but this one thing. Why? He wanted to see where their heart was. He wanted to see where their obedience was. He wanted to see where their allegiance was. Are you listening? Because there was no tempter at that time. Are you listening? There was no tempter in the Garden of Eden yet. That came further in chapter 3. And it talks about, you know, the serpent being the most subtle of all the creations. And, of course, the devil used the serpent and he began to create doubt, didn't he? 
And of course, that led, that temptation of Eve led to her disobedience. And Adam says he was standing right there and he went right in too. <laughs> so don't go pointing the finger at the ladies. <laughs> Adam didn't do any better than Eve did, did he? He went right in there too. Now, Jesus said this. The reason I call it the thief in the garden, because Jesus said in John 10, 10, we all know this scripture, don't we? He said, he said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, isn't that what sickness and disease does? That's all it does. It kills, it steals, it destroys. It doesn't do anything else. Somebody says, you know, God puts that on you to teach you a lesson. Well, I want to tell you what. You know, it's hard to learn a lesson when you're in pain. Let me hit your head toe with a sledgehammer and then give you a theological lesson. See how much you learned. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's the silliest stuff I ever heard of. I mean, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I mean, you can't even get that by me. I, that's just crazy. Isn't that right? Jesus said, the thief comes, that's what he comes to do. And so sickness and disease are his servants, and that's what they come to do. They come to rob you, to rob your health, to rob your peace of mind, to rob your comfort. The Bible says that God's a God of all comfort. When God comes on the scene, He brings all comfort. God wants you to be at peace. He wants you to be well in your body. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. God doesn't want His temple full of disease and sickness and pain. He said, but, he said, but I have come, what? That you might have life and have it more. So what's he want? He wants life in your spirit. He wants life in your soul. He wants life in your emotions, your mind, and in your body. He wants life all around you. Remember, we talked last week, healing for the whole man. God wants the, the whole person well. He doesn't want you oppressed in your mind, in your emotions. He wants you well in your body. This is God's plan for you. And you've got to get this down in you because we're living in a world where there is sickness and disease. I don't need to tell you we're all sitting in here with masks on. No revelation of that needed, is there? So we're talking about is sickness and disease part of God's original design? It is not. Look over in Romans chapter 5. I mean, I don't think you can get any clearer than this right here. Romans 5, 12. Paul is speaking. He makes it really, really clear here. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, sin entered the world through one man, how does sickness and disease and sin get here? Through one man. And we know that was who? Adam, wasn't it? Adam messed it up for all of us. But before we go laying it all on Adam, notice this. And he said, and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all people because all sin. So before we go pointing fingers at Adam, hello. But how did death come in? Death came in through sin. And sickness and disease is incipient death. Because if you get sick enough and you don't get well, by some means you're going to die. Isn't that right? Sickness and disease. Who, whoever associates sickness and disease with health? That's just, 
<laughs> that's totally crazy, and that's contradictory. And so death came through sin through one man. It wasn't God's design. It wasn't God's intent. It wasn't God's purpose. Man did it. And every time man begins to think that he's smarter than God, he messes it up royally. And you know what? Ever since Genesis 11, man has still tried, every generation tries to build their Tower of Babel. It is man's ego. It is man's pride. It is man's thinking that he is something more than what he is, that he don't need God. He can build, you know, a better world. He can build it all. All he needs is himself. Hello. That's the whole principle behind the Tower of Babel. Through one man, sin came in. So the thief came in the garden. Adam, Eve, they, they yielded to that. Sin came in. Sickness and disease came in with sin and death. Now, let me remind you of the, the biblical definition of death. Death is the separation of anything from the purpose for which it was created. Man was created for God. And God told him, he said, on the day you sin, he said, you're going to die. Well, you know, it, it took sin working in Adam's body. Think about this. Think about what a body God gave Adam and Eve. I mean, in that original creation. Think about that body. It must have been something else and magnificent. Because even after sin came, it took it almost a thousand years to kill him. Wow. Boy, there was still some residue of life. In there. I mean, man, something was going on in there. Isn't that right? Well, doesn't the Bible say if the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He will what? Quicken, make life in your mortal body? Hallelujah. But you know, why not live to 80 or 90 and be in good health? Why not? I said, why not? I mean, if, if he could live to 900, I mean, I mean, God, come on. I know. I mean, if you don't want to live that long, that's fine. You know, that's, that's up to you. Now, sickness and disease. Have you ever noticed the word disease? If you, you kind of hyphenate that, it means dis-ease. And that's exactly what it is, isn't it? It breaks your ease. It's dis-ease. And what is, God says that is always associated with this. So death is a separation of anything for the purpose for which it was created. When man fell, he was separated in his relationship with God. When, when a person dies physically, their spirit and their soul, what, the body is put in the grave, the spirit and soul, what, they go to either be with the Lord or go, uh, go to hell. Yeah, I believe in hell. I know so that's not popular in some places. But, you know, if you're going to follow God, you're not going to be popular. Well, you will with Him if you follow Him. I'd rather be popular with God. Amen. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Let me just you know, take some burden off of you. The only person you've got to please is God. Amen. You know how you do that? You love the Lord your, the, your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. You do those two things, you, you'll be pleasing to God. Amen. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not hard. You just got to do it. So all throughout Scripture we see Satan... The working of Satan and sickness and disease married together. 
Because that's the author. He's the author of it. He's the author of corruption. He's the author of the, of, the, of the law of sin and death that came into being when Adam sinned, but Satan was, he was the father of that thing. He was the one who brought it in. And it's because he hates God and he hates mankind who've made in the image of God and he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your life, your health, your finances, your marriage, your relationship with your brothers and sisters, anything he can, he's out. That's what he does. And we need to be wise and not fall for his tricks. Amen? Here's the principle that he always, well, let's, let's read over in Hebrews real quickly. Then we're going to look at the principle that he always uses to bring about his death. Hebrews 2.14, listen to this. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too, speaking of Jesus, shared in their humanity, so that by his death he may break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Well, God took them. How many times have you heard that at a funeral? I mean, you know, I don't want to be rude or you know, or disrespectful, but that's that's just not right. That's scripture says right here that the devil was the one who had the power of death. Is that what your Bible says? And free those who all their life were held in slavery to the fear of death, the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil. So the devil's the one that's killing folks. God's not going around killing people. Every time I see Jesus in the Scriptures, when He touched people, they got better, not worse. They always got better. They always got better. They always got better. They had their sins forgiven, their sicknesses uh, healed, the uh, devil cast out, whatever they had, but they were always better. You're always better when you get around Jesus. You're always better when you come in contact to him, with Him. Amen. What is the principle? Turn over to Matthew 12 real quickly. The devil uses the divide and conquer principle. It's been around a long time, but you know what? It still works. It's the craziest thing in the world. And the amazing thing is, is that so many Christians fall for it. Divide and conquer. Oh, my gosh. This, this one's mad at that. This group don't like that. Come on. I ain't going to go there. There's enough of that going on. Y'all know what I'm doing. 12.22, it says, Matthew, They brought to him a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute, and Jesus healed him so that he could talk, both talk and see. And all the people were astonished and said, Could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees, you know, the religious people heard this. They said, it's only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. I'm going to stop there a minute. Now, every kingdom would include God's kingdom, wouldn't it? Otherwise, it couldn't be every kingdom. So if God's making everybody sick and God's also healing people, According to Jesus, the kingdom of God will not last. 
But my Bible tells me that God has a kingdom that is everlasting. So something's not measuring up somewhere. <laughs> and Jesus was making it clear. He said, you know, he said, I'm not casting out devils by the power of Satan. God's not putting sickness on people and healing them too. His kingdom would be divided. You cannot, don't allow that law of division to fool you. Jesus said every kingdom. Listen, that includes your kingdom, your own little kingdom right there in your household. He goes on to say in every household. Now get hold of this principle because we're going to look at it here. No kingdom divided can survive. No household divided can survive. Jesus went on to say in Matthew 7, 18, no tree can produce two kinds of fruit. Can't have bad fruit and good fruit come from the same tree. I think Jesus knew what he was talking about. So if, if bad fruit and good fruit can't come from the same tree, then God can't be healing people and putting sickness on them too because that would violate what Jesus said. That would be good and bad fruit. Because I don't think in, anybody but just somebody that's got some kind of strange, warped understanding about God would think that sickness and disease is good. You know, it's amazing to me, a lot of those same people, you know, that, that, that teach that and preach that and share that, they go to the doctor to get well. I'm telling them if you believe that, you oughtn't to go to the doctor. You're going to get out of the will of God. And you, not only that, you're going to cause the doctor to get on the wrong side of God because he's going to help you get well. That's the silliest thing in the world. No tree can produce good two kinds of fruit. It's impossible. Get this down in you. We're talking about the origin of sickness and disease. You've got to get it settled. You can't, you can't be divided in your thinking, in your mind. Notice this. James said in James uh, chapter 3.11, he said, No fountain can produce sweet and bitter water. It's impossible. You can't have a well, and on one, you drop your bucket on one side, you get good fresh water, and you drop your bucket on the other side of the same well, and it comes up, and it's all foul and stinking and everything. It's impossible. It's one way or the other. It can't be both. And so here's the thing we, we need to understand. See, this is a principle throughout Scripture. What I'm showing you here is not just one Scripture, but several examples that Jesus and the apostles that followed him, that wrote the, the scriptures that God gave the revelation to, we need to understand this. If the devil can get you thinking that maybe God is just don't want me well, maybe, you know, I deserve this. Well, let's, let's just get this out. Oh, we've talked about this before. Listen, we all deserved... We all sinned. We all deserved death. We all deserved judgment. We all deserved hell. We all deserved that. But now that we're in Christ Jesus, if you put your faith in Him, then He has taken your judgment, taken your punishment, bore your sins, and you're in right relationship with God. A joint heir with Jesus. And all the promises and all the blessings are yours in Christ Jesus. So let's just get that out of the way. Yeah, we all, okay, we all deserved it. That's why we all got what we don't deserve. 
called grace. <laughs> and this is part of what we didn't all deserve, but we get it anyway. That's healing for our bodies. God wants you well. Don't let bitter and sweet water come out of the same. Of course, there in James, you know, he was talking about, you know, our tongue, our mouth, our words. And see, if you, if you start saying, you know, you start talking that, like, oh, you know, well, now I know that God can heal, but I also believe. See, you just become sweet and bitter water. Now, what's the problem with that? Well, let's look a little bit further in James chapter 1 and verse 6. Let's turn over there and we'll read this one. For the sake of time, I was just referring to it. But let's look in James chapter 1. Here's the principle. In verse 6, he says, you know, he talks about if any of you, verse 5, we'll go back up there, lack wisdom, ask God, who gives generously without finding fault. Well, I just don't think I deserve it. Well, I know you don't, but you're going to get it anyway if you'll believe. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect, should not expect, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Why? Such a person is double-minded. Bad fruit, good fruit. Bitter water, sweet water. God heals, God makes sick. God may heal you, God may not heal me. He said, don't expect, don't expect, don't expect. Well, faith is about expectation, isn't it? Absolutely, brother. Confident expectation. That's exactly right. But see, if you're double-minded, if you're going this way, you can't be confident. You can't. And he said, don't expect to receive anything. You ever wondered why it seems like some people are, are just seem to be so blessed and receive all the benefits, and then other people bless their heart? I mean, good people, I'm not criticizing anybody. Lord of mercy, I'm not perfect. I ain't even got perfect insight. So I'm not criticizing anybody. But you, you, if you've just been around a while, you can see that, can't you? And you know, but if you'll observe, you'll find out in many cases, this is, the, this is what's going on. They may not even realize it, but they're being double-minded. Salt, salt water and fresh water are coming out their mouth. I mean, on, on one minute they're talking about what all God can do, and the next minute they're talking about what all the devil's doing. You know, we could say this just like he said, he said fresh, sweet water and bitter water doesn't come out of the same. We could say it this way, couldn't we? We could say, you know, that, that words of faith and words of doubt don't come out of the same source either, do they? <laughs> doubt would be the bitter water <laughs> and faith would be the sweet water. Listen, I like the sweet water, don't you? Man, I like that sweet water. I was growing up, you know, in the countryside, most of y'all know, I grew up out in the country. I mean, you know, out in the country. I'm talking about chickens in the yard and a well out in the yard. And, you know, we had a bucket. We didn't have a bath. We had a path. <laughs> you know, but I, won't tell, I will say this, boy, that well water, man, it was good. Didn't have no chemicals in it. Didn't have whatever it is they put in for your tea. What's that stuff? Oh, man. 
Didn't have any. It was just fresh, sweet. Oh, man. But hey, I can tell you, I remember a time or two, you know, if uh, like, you know, if a critter, because we had a cover that we had to keep over. And sometimes, you know, kids being kids, we forget to put the cover back. If something fell in there and drowned, and then it stayed in there for a while before you realized it, man, you drew up a bucket of that stuff. Ooh, man. And that was it. I mean, that was our water supply. It wasn't go turn on the faucet over there. That was it. So, you know, you had to clean out the water. You had to get that. You had to until you got that critter out of there. But once you got the critter out, amazing thing about creation. You know what that water, that well did, that spring that was feeding it? It made the waters fresh again. See, if you can, you can get that wrong believing, that wrong thinking out of you, the waters of healing become sweet again. And man, you're like, this is good. This is healing. Listen, and some, you know, for some people it may not be affected your body yet. It may just have affected your soul right now. That's why some people are depressed. Others are angry. Your waters get polluted in different ways. Man, before I got saved, man, I, I mean, I told you, my fuse was this long. Because, I mean, I'd been kicked and cussed, and, man, the, you know, I talk about the short end of the stick. I, we, I didn't even see the stick. So I felt like, you know, man, everybody, God and everybody was against me. So, man, when I, I got to a certain age, I just didn't take nothing off of nobody no more. It was me or you. <laughs> a lot of times it was me. They got the best of me. But I just, you know, what was happening? I had bitter waters in me. And it's unfortunate, but even believers can have their wells polluted. What are, you, what are you dwelling on? What are you thinking on? What, what's your idea of God? Is, you know, are you angry? Are you mad? Man, we're living in, listen, we're living in times when, man, I'm telling you, there's a whole bunch of people that, you know, their waters need to be healed. You know, they're at the, at the, you know, at the waters of Meribah. Remember over there when Israel came by and, you know, they, they were all thirsty and they said, oh, the water's bitter. God told them, Moses said, throw stick in there. Hallelujah. Listen, it takes Calvary to make the waters sweet again. It takes Calvary to make the waters sweet again. Amen. All right. Let me give you some action points here. Then we're going to have communion together. Pray. You know, ask yourself this question. Have you ever thought God was behind sickness and disease? I mean, has that, you know, if that's somewhere, even in the back of your mind, listen, that's going to hinder your faith. Do, uh, here's the thing. You don't earn forgiveness. You don't earn healing. 
I want to stop pausing there. I want to soak that in. Because some people, you know, they'll be like, well, I know, you know, now I know uh, by grace through faith I'm saved, you know, and everything. But, you know, when it comes to healing, I, man, I haven't, I haven't been the best Christian. I, you know, I haven't lived like I ought to, blah, blah, blah. I mean, no wonder you don't get nothing. You talk yourself out of it before you even get to it. Amen? Kind of like the story of a guy, you know, he was out, you know, in this, out on this, uh, you know, pretty much of a deserted road, and it was pouring down rain and everything, and he had a flat tire. So he had to stop right there, you know, and he goes and looks in the back, and, you know, and he's, he's got a tire, but he ain't got no jack. So, man, I mean, you know, he, I mean, you know, he's just in a dither. So finally, you know, he goes walking down the road, and he walks for a ways, and he sees a light up there where there's a house. So he starts walking up the driveway to the house, and he said, you know, he said, he said, you know, and it's late at night, and it's raining, and he starts talking to himself. He said, you know, boy, it's awful late to be waking somebody up. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you know, if it, you know, he said, but, you know, he said, but now if it was me and, and it was somebody else and they were needing help, he said, I wouldn't mind it. I, it would be okay. And then he, you know, and he'd get a little closer and he'd think, man, but, you know, they, there ain't no lights on. I mean, they, you know, I'm going to wake them up. They're going to probably be mad at me. I'm, you know, and he finally, he goes on talking all that. And finally, he gets up there and he knocks on the door. <laughs> you know, and the guy comes to the door. He's half asleep. And the guy says, you just keep your old jack. I didn't want it anyway. That's what somebody, some people do God when they come to God for healing. They just, I mean, they start talking about, you know, about, you know, they did this wrong and they didn't do that wrong and I didn't pray 70 hours and I didn't read the Bible 90 hours and, I, you know, and I kicked the dog. And by the time they get up there, you know, and God says, what do you want? I don't want nothing anyway. <laughs> Don't be like that. How would such thinking affect your faith in prayers if you thought God was behind your sickness and disease? You know, some people pray this way. God, heal them if it be your will. Well, how are you, how you going to know whether it's God's will or not? <laughs> Isn't that right? How are you going to know? See, God wants you to be certain of His will before you pray. We don't pray to discover God's will. We go right here to this book called the B-I-B-L-E. This is God's will. Then I base my prayer on that. If God says it's so, it's so. Doesn't matter how I feel. Doesn't matter what Duwaki says. God bless Duwaki, but it doesn't matter what they say. God says it. It settles it, doesn't it? Here's what I would suggest for you, you know. Go back and search the Scriptures again. If you're needing healing in your body, go back and search the Scriptures again with an open mind and just look at Jesus. What does Jesus do? What does Jesus teach? What did Jesus say about sickness and disease? That settles it. Amen. It should. Well, this morning we are going have communion together because you know communion is a wonderful time come down and get my elements here is a wonderful time for us to partake 
of the benefits of the shed blood and the broken body of Jesus. Amen? You know, we believe... Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.